Welcome back to Marketing Mixtape, your favorite marketing podcast, hosted by me, Brittany Winfield of The Winfield Creative. If you want to submit your marketing questions for future podcast episodes, be sure to submit them at speakpipe.com slash marketing mixtape. And also, don't forget to subscribe because we want to find viewers like you. Now, let's get back to the episodes. Here's Let's Put the Social Back in Social Media featuring Miranda Dalton. Hey friend, how's it going? Hello, so, so nice to see you this morning on Social Media Kindness Day. You're one of the kindest faces in social media, so happy to see you. You too, my friend. It is a snowy, snowy Thursday in Vermont. If anybody's watching from our lovely state, we got a very white surprise on the ground this morning and it is not it for me i'm like in my blanket <laughs> like just really cozy this morning um but yeah it's social media kindness day which um that's really at the core of both of our businesses so i'm so glad you're on live with me today and on this podcast episode um why don't you start off by introducing yourself and really just letting us know what you do yeah, so I'm Miranda Dalton and I am a social media manager and my business is called Grow With Miranda D because I truly believe social media can be a great platform to grow your business and grow your audience. Yeah, I love Love that. And you are Vermont based as well, right? I am. I am. I'm just a little bit south of you in Hinesburg, but I work a lot in the Mad River Valley. Um, you might recognize my face if you stop by the Waitsfield Farmers Market because that's another gig of mine. I'm the Waitsfield Farmers Market Manager. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's so good again to have you. Um, my name is Brittany Winfield. For anybody who has seen me on Instagram, I'm at the Winfield Creative, and I decided to start this podcast called Marketing Mixtape in order to bring on industry experts just like you, Miranda, and really talk collaboratively about what we do, why we do it, and different approaches that can help the businesses that we serve. So this episode, we are talking about the concept of let's put social back in social media. Um, this is a tagline that I use throughout my marketing because I'm a firm, firm, firm believer that you need to have that balance. Wouldn't you agree? I think so. I think a lot of people get burnt out for social media and I can see how it happens easily when you're focused just on content creation. Uh, social media was originally created to be a social network. And so it's all about that engagement and getting to know your audience. Yeah, absolutely. And for anybody who's watching right now, I know we've got a few uh, viewers on right now. If you have any questions relating to the balance of social and media and what that means and things that we can address, please put them in the chat. We'd love to answer any questions that you may have. And really throughout this podcast, we're going to be talking about a few different things. We're going to be talking about how to approach negative negativity and the habits you can have. Um, I know we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, blocking the trolls and actual strategies on how to do that. Um, we're also going to be talking about how to build community online. So that way you are using it as a relationship building platform and not just put it pushing out media. Um, and then, yeah, we're going to talk about like how to be kind to yourself because I think that's also important, not just kind to your viewers, but kindness to yourself as you are most likely the main person behind your profile. Most of our um, ideal clients are solopreneurs that need that support and guidance from either one of us. So let's kind of get the negative stuff out of the way so we can end this podcast like positively. Um, 
what does it mean to you when you hear, you know, toxic, you know, toxicity online, and then we'll address how to negate it in your, in your platform. So I'm a big fan of curating your spaces. It is okay to block words. It's okay to block people. You, I think sometimes we show up online and there's this misconception that we have to put our whole selves out there, but we absolutely can protect ourselves and say, okay, this is enough. I think we're seeing, um, we often see this on platforms like TikTok where people will get a negative comment and they feel like they need to respond to it. And it's absolutely okay to just block it and allow it to be out of your mind. A lot of social media gurus might suggest, oh, contention's a good thing, but if your mental health can't handle the negative comments and having people fight in your comments, go ahead and block them. Because about it, at the end of the day, whatever is sustainable for you and your social media is gonna be what's best. Absolutely. And, you know, not just even from the reactive piece after you get the comment, but there are different strategies that you can use to block words from the forefront. So if there are trigger words that you don't want on your social media platforms, you can absolutely go into your settings, um, into your Instagram settings and add those filter words. So that way Instagram doesn't even allow that word to be be put onto your social media platform. Same thing with, you know, blocking people. If you know some people, you can mute people, you can unfollow people, or you could block them if it is the most extreme case. Um, So just so you all know, you know, on the preventative forefront, how can you develop these healthier habits and really create that healthy space from the before side? Yeah, and, and you can even reactively filter words. So if you do, if you have a post and people are making the same mean comment, you can absolutely go in and block those and it will remove those posts for you and hide them. So you don't even have to see them. And I think that's a really important tool that social media has developed because it can just take the work out of the negativity and trying to curate your space to be more positive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, one of the questions that I get from people is, you know, those comments that are like promote on at whatever. Yep. Some folks there is, you know, they think of that as a troll, which they are, but it's more of a bot than a troll. So just so folks know, I'm just putting it out there. The reason why I keep them up onto my post is it actually helps engagement. Like these are just bots behind the scene. They're not people that are commenting on your looks, your appearance. It's just, it auto comments. And so I, I keep them up. I actually do reply to those, not to engage with the person, but to get my engagement rates up. Um, so that's kind of a, a more positive spin on something that could be seen as a negative comment. That's a really great strategy. I think, you know, if you can respond to your first few comments, even if they are bots, that looks really great for your engagement. Um, So I think that's an excellent strategy. And I do the same thing. It's not something that bothers me. I just chalk it up as a success. Oh, my first comment. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's actually, you know, as folks do get more of an audience, you will tend to see like, usually more people have something to say if they are acting out of jealousy rather than curiosity. So as people do get higher up in the numbers, the follower counts, um, you may have to think about, you know, 
what what do you want to hold sacred what do you want to hold like how vulnerable do you want to get um so as you know you hit a thousand as you start to hit 500 a thousand even more so than that i'm really thinking about what do you want your community to look like Mm. who do you want to follow you and thinking of it from a more technical talking about the algorithm the algorithm is trained by your profile like it is it it's a computer like it's a it's a formula so it is trained by who is following you and who you are following. So if you're not going ahead and unfollowing those spam bots, those spam accounts, like not the comments, but people who are following you, the algorithm is going to get really, really confused as to like, okay, who actually is their target audience? So not even thinking about the numbers of followers that you have, but you want to make sure that you have a quality of followers like if the 1000 followers that you have are all potential leads keep them but if 30 percent of that group if like 300 people are just spam bot accounts get rid of them you'll thank yourself in the long run for it a common misconception i see with clients a lot they want to you know they get some spam message in their dms and they're like oh well i should buy followers because it will build my credibility but it'll do quite the opposite on social media you don't want those spam bots because you want to curate your environment and when it comes to curating your environment it's not just who follows you but it's how you engage with your page what are you spending time focusing how long are you sitting on a reel about so and so that you're not that's not really in your niche or are you going and actively looking for people who are your ideal clients and you're engaging with their pages your algorithm's going to show your content to more people like that so it's very important that we you are actually immersed and engaging in your platform yeah so what type of strategies do you recommend to people that are like i just don't have time like, what would that look like for like a day in the life of somebody who's running their social media account? What suggestions do you have for them? My favorite thing to do, and it's kind of like a mini curation, but add your ideal clients or, and if you are not a client or service-based industry and you're more of a brick and mortar business, maybe it's other businesses in your community, but add them to your favorites list. And then at the top of Instagram, you will see like following and favorites. You can select in the morning from the drop-down favorites, and it's going to show you in chronological order the latest posts from your favorites. And I like that because then I can specifically go in with this mindset of, okay, I'm going to scroll down and like any new posts, and I need to comment on at least three of them, a genuine comment. When we were thinking about preparing this episode for you, I thought about how much energy and time goes into content creation. And you all know this, if you have a social media account, I know this as a manager, Brittany knows this as a coach, really people are putting a lot of time and energy in it and they want their work seen. And so if you can reciprocate that and with the gratitude and just comment and like on other people's posts, cause you know, they're putting in the same effort you are, you are going to feel better about being on social media cause it's gonna make you feel like you have a community and people are going to get those positive benefits of engaging uh with people in their community you know it's like a slot machine they always say social media is like a slot machine so when we get those likes and those comments something 
gets triggered in our brain and we want to do it more. So if we can be that positive force for other people. And so I think if you don't have a lot of time, curate that favorites list, and then you can start to target specifically your ideal client. And like I said, if you're not service-based, other businesses in your area. Yeah. And you made a great point because that's something that I teach in my coaching. You know, you say quantifiably, you say at least three posts. I tell people 15 minutes a day between 10 and 15 minutes. I developed what we call the 555 rule. If anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, check it out um, on my uh, website. But um, with commenting on other people's posts genuinely, also the benefit of that is you can tailspin off of that person's success. And so if they have even more followers than you do, even if that original creator does not see your comments on it, everybody else will that is following them. So even, you know, we get into this mindset sometimes like, oh, I shouldn't even be engaging with this person. This person has like 10,000 followers. I only have 300. What if you're the one that they comment back on? Even if they don't, you still have so many people that are looking at their comments that um, it sparks curiosity. It sparks curiosity, especially if you're starting to open up a conversation. And if this person is you know, into social media kind of understands more deeply how social media is. If you're engaging in an open conversation in the comments with that original creator, they're going to want to respond back to you because that's going to help their engagement rates. Why wouldn't they keep the conversation flowing? Why would they let it just, you know, so that's just, you know, one really important strategy is don't spend all day being social on social media, be, but be very intentional, whether it is picking three ideal clients to comment on some of their posts, um, same thing with the story polls, you know, that's a really good one to get more one-on-one -on -one engagement. Um, yeah, Kara is saying in the comments below, you know, commenting is such a great way to engage. It's so true. And it's, um, it's easy. It's really, once you're in the habit of it, you're looking through social, we find five minutes a day to scroll through social media. If it's on your personal account, switch it over to your business account. And that's what's so great about the following strategy when it comes to commenting on larger creators, like you suggested. If you could be one of those first comments, the comments are laid out chronologically. So if you're a first comment and you only have 500, but the creator you're commenting on has 10,000, your comment is going to show up every time someone goes to comment. So I think it's an excellent strategy and it's not time consuming. Yeah, absolutely. And then from the flip side of things, if you were the one putting out your media, this is why it's so important to have what we call engaging calls to action. So these are our thought provoking questions in the captions because that encourages people to answer those questions in the comment and to start that conversation. Like you're the conversation starter as the caption writer, as the poster. So just from your own increasing engagement rates from that side of things, making sure that you are including engaging questions within your just one, don't confuse people, <laughs> but you know, one question that is relevant to the topic in which you're speaking on. Um, and a lot of times if you lean on personal experience saying like, what do you think about this? Or what is your favorite tool for autopilot leads on social media? Like something that is relevant to what you're talking about, 
Um, this allows them to think about it, to think if they have their own solution to engage, whether it be, hey, I didn't really think about this, but you know, if you have any you know, suggestions <laughs> um, or to say, yes, I do it this way, to really start this conversation in the, in the comments um, really gets the engagement rates going. So again, you could do it from the person that you're following, your ideal client, and from your own profile as well. And a huge misconception I think people have is that no one reads the caption and that is just simply not true. Instagram does studies and the majority of people don't have their sound on. So even if they watch a reel, their next step is to go in and read the, the caption. So that's a really big tool that I think is definitely underutilized. And I get it. I get being fatigued. You just created a video and now you're like, oh, I don't have any more creative uses or juices left to write my caption use AI. It's okay. We're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I just did a post yesterday. I think I put it up where it was like the quick tips. Algorithms can't read pictures. Like I'll say this again. And it kind of like baffled people after people saw that post and I saw them in, in person, like out in the real world. I, uh, they were like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah. So if you are, you know, putting out this beautiful graphic with a lot of text, also, the text is, you know, not as legible to people. You can't really zoom in. You have to like do that weird pinch thing. Um, so if it's so cluttered in your graphic and then you're just not reiterating it in the caption, you're missing out on those keywords. You're missing out on those hashtags. You're missing out on that opportunity to expand that content and that clarity for the person that may not have gotten it all from the graphic. So remember that the humans are not just the only people that you're trying to please here. The algorithm is also this tricky minx who needs some clarity because remember in the earlier in the episode, we said that the algorithm's a formula that needs to be trained. It's not just the relationships that you are socializing with on social media. It's also these more technical aspects of how do you reach that ideal client? Well, those keywords that they may be using to search for somebody like you. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. And that's exactly how I like to illustrate it to my clients mm -hmm. um, is you are almost talking for the computer when you're writing your caption. People are still reading it, so you don't want a random mess of keywords. But it is important that you are having a lengthy caption, that you're including hashtags because it is helping you curate your content to your ideal customer. Yeah. Uh, Kara makes a good point that some people are obsessed with hanging out in the comments. I think uh, there's definitely a generation that was like the Tumblr Reddit generation and yeah. they are much more comfortable on social media reading and writing. Yeah. So there is definitely people engaging in your captions and in your comments. Yeah. As long as we're not seeing this trend of like keyboard warriors, I mean, mm -hmm. that's where, you know, really holding your space to yourself um, we said, if you're just joining us now, we said in the earlier in the episode that, you know, making sure you're blocking, muting, unfollowing as you seek fit as a business owner, as the, you know, the mental brain behind the social media platform, really making sure that you keep your space how you would like to see it. Absolutely. You brought something up earlier about when 
sometimes we're on social media and we get jealous of other people in similar fields who are having more success. And I think it's important to note that there isn't really any competition in business. And when you can develop relationships with people who are in the same field, it can be very lucrative for both of you. So you want to be engaging with people who are also in providing your same services and you want to start building those relationships and making those connections because there are going to be times when they're busy or you're busy and that's going to be your number one leads for referrals or other people in your similar. Yes. And um, that's kind of how we met, you know, we, I was at one point doing social media managing and then once I switched to mentoring, I'm like, okay, we both talk social media, love social media, love helping business owners, but now we're able to create this, awesome partnership of referrals of leads of community that says like yes we technically talk about similar things but there's only one miranda there's only one Brittany, and that's why i think you know when i was thinking about niching down in my business recently i niched down to work with coaches that's why one of the reasons why is because coaches are so unique Mm -hmm. it's like picking a tattoo artist you're not just going to pick up one random person without looking at their reviews or their portfolio like if you if somebody's investing money in their social media marketer, in their social media manager, in their mentor, whoever it is, they want to make sure that one, they're getting the most out of their money, and two, they can collaborate with that person. Because if they can't, it's not gonna work well. Nobody's gonna see results. The manager's just gonna be pulling their hair out every time they go to talk to the person. It's just not gonna yeah. fly. So and you're not everybody's cup of tea and that's okay. Yeah. Like it's okay. when you are, I'm sure co- choosing coaches, people look for specific people and connect to certain people. And I think that's the beauty of being online is people get a taste of your personality. Yeah. And I think that's what's so great about video content is they can see who you are and build those connections. And when, and that's when we're speaking on negativity, when you get comments like, Hey, I'm not that into it, or I completely disagree with you. That person's not your person. They're not your ideal client and that's okay. They're somebody else's and that is okay. Yeah, and I think that's also why it's so important for business owners who do similar things to put down these fortresses and instead like collaborate with people, get to know who is in this space of yours because if you are not the best person for the job, that's okay, but you still want to do right by the person that is seeking that consultation from you potentially. You wanna be able to not just say like, sorry buddy, you're SOL, like good luck and kick him out the door. No, to be able to like put them in the hands of somebody else who is already vetted by you. You know that their personality, maybe they're more in the person's budget. That could still be a partnership that is beneficial because it doesn't look like you're just giving up on the person. You're still an active resource for that person. So for, for example, I had a client that wasn't really in my budget yet, gave them to a different social media manager. They came back when they were ready. Like, it's okay. Like you just might not be, be ready for them right now, but being able to really put yourself out there with, you know, this kind of touches on affiliate marketing, but like being social within your own fields as well and getting to know who's in your room, who's, who's a resource that may be, um, complementary to the services that you offer. And yeah, you can also see it as a lucrative opportunity for yourself as well. Yeah. And I 
I think people trust people who instead of say, oh, no, thank you. Like, I can't work with you. If you give them a solution, it's in their brain now that you are a solution oriented person. If you're like, I don't have um, any openings, but so-and-so might, and I trust them, they do great work. And you're able to provide that recommendation. People are going to remember that, that you get things done. And then when they're ready or you're ready and you have openings, they'll come back to you. So I agree that it is this reciprocating process when you can be positive, get people out there and make connections with people in your same industry. Exactly. So when we talk about building community online, you know, what are some of your recommendations for people that, you know, they're getting up in the numbers, you know, they're not trying to spend as much time on social media. Are there strategies that you maybe use behind the scenes that are not obvious to people to start building deeper connections and building community? Ooh, that, that is fascinating. I've noticed in all the accounts that I manage that the best thing for your engagement is honestly stories. So if you don't have time to create content and you want to reduce it, if let's say you were on a crazy schedule, you started your social media and you were gung-ho and you're posting five times a week or four times a week. If you scale back to one to two really in-depth posts that have good captions, you know, you put time behind creating that content and then you show up a little bit more, uh, I'm going to use the word frivolously, and I just mean that, like, you don't have to do your hair and makeup when you're on stories. Like, I don't do that on my reels just because I like to show clients, like, you can show up online without your hair and makeup. Like, that's what people want to see. But if, if you're not comfortable there yet, your stories is a great place to start. You're having coffee in the morning and you have a quick idea you want to share. Take a sip of your coffee and tell a quick story. Yes. I think stories are a great way for people to see your everyday life. And especially if you're a service provider and you are going to be working with someone and you need that personal connection, them seeing your everyday process, especially if you're like a virtual assistant or some kind of service provider, like a social media manager, if you can show your clients the behind the scenes of, oh, today I'm going out to film reels for a client or, oh, I'm just at home at my desk because it's snowy outside. So glad that I can schedule all my posts from home. You know, little things like that, I think help build community and connection. And they don't need to take a lot of time if you have the mindset that it only lasts 24 hours. If you have a hair out of place or, you know, a poppy seed in your teeth, it'll be okay. Yeah, yeah you'll survive. I've been there. I've had spinach in my teeth for my morning omelet. We survived. We're here today. <laughs> like I have done that where I've like recorded a whole reel and then noticed something in my teeth or like, you know, something in my nose. And I'm like, eh. I'm still right. gonna poke it. No one's gonna notice. And guess what? No one ever does. <laughs> yeah. And they might, but they don't comment on it. That's good. That's nice of them. That means you have no trolls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that. Um, so we were talking about how it is social media kindness day, and we've you know touched upon some of the elements that we have used, personally used these strategies ourselves. How can somebody be kind to themselves in relation to social media or entrepreneurship in general? I think this idea of perfection, I think the younger generations are less likely to, they can show up authentically. They're not going to be nitpicking themselves apart. I work with a lot of clients who are over 50 and 
they don't say kind things about themselves when they see themselves on camera. And I think having that mentality to be able to say that people don't notice the things that you notice about yourself, that negative self-talk. Um, and the more you do it, I feel like the more it goes away. I don't know if you feel the same way, but my first few reels, I had that like self-conscious brain and now I can flip on a camera. If you go to my stories later, I was in my robe this morning and I was like, I'm going to be on the live <laughs> at eight o'clock. Um, you know, in that. my robe, my hair was crazy. <laughs> and so I think that goes away the more you do it, but just being able to be kind enough to get yourself out there is yeah. going to be the first step because I think people are very nervous, especially when it comes to video content. Yes. Oh my gosh. I was talking um, to my cousin who is also a social media manager down in New Jersey. And she was like, Brittany, the biggest thing is none of my clients want to be on camera. I'm like, well, there's a few approaches you could take here. <laughs> now it's really getting to the meat of like, why don't they want to be on camera? Is it they literally don't know how, or is it they don't want to? And if they don't want to, let's figure out why. And just asking more of those clarity questions. I know my clients, one of the biggest, like the most said comment, I swear, besides, no, probably the second most. So the first comment they say is how frequently should I post, which is a whole different conversation. The second topic is, do I have to be on camera? Or I never grew up with this technology. Oh my gosh. The amount of times that I get that comment, like, I didn't grow up with this. But neither did I, really. Right. Like, I mean, I was born in 94. And, like, yes, it's a little different because it was slowly integrated as we, um, you know, went through school and stuff like that. But leaning more so on the creativity. Mm -hmm. That's really what I encourage is if you come into social media with this mindset of wanting to connect with people genuinely, wanting to create media that is speaking to you, which is the pieces that I help folks with, you know, like I can teach you how to make a graphic on Canva. That's, that's where I come into play. But it's the leaning into the wanting to make connections. That is really the important part. And I think that goes into, you know, filming a reel and um, just letting down walls a little bit more um, because you don't need to know how to use social media. That's where we come into play. Um, but leaning into this narrative of, hey, I want to genuinely show up for people that may be able to be motivated, inspired by me, or, you know, to like, you are a role model. Like, I have to often remind people of that is like, you are a role model for your business, people are coming for you. So if you're not the type to wear makeup every day, I know I'm not I just did a full photo shoot with no makeup on. Like, <laughs> I'm like, girl, you don't need to wear makeup like yeah. men get away with it. Why can't we? <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, with that, like, just being able to meet yourself where you're at um, is so important and being kind to yourself in the regards of, you know, if you do diligence to build the right community, your people will love you no matter how you show up online. Absolutely. And I don't think age is as much of a barrier as people think it is. Some of the best content creators 
are people in their 80s. Yes. And so I think a lot of times, I another strategy I would give people is if you're starting your business and you don't have your account, you don't necessarily have to add your friends and family. No. Sometimes oh. it can be a really good tool if yeah. your friends and family are super supportive. Like I have friends and family in the chat right now and they're super supportive. Yeah. So I have no, I don't mind putting them on my social media. Yeah. But I know a lot of people who are like, oh, I would just die if so-and-so saw this. Don't add them. Yeah. Don't add I them. Don't let them see them. If that gets your, it stops that your brain from spinning out into these circles, don't add them. That's a great point because like I made a post about that and I think I made a reel being like three people you should block immediately and like the last one was with my family I love my family don't get me wrong I love my family but that's why I have a private personal account that I it's like the gatekeep between myself and my posts like I love my family a lot of them are getting married and having babies right now but I don't want to see that on my feed on my business feed I need to like do what I need to do to make money and to connect with people and my family's not gonna do that so they can follow me if they want but mm -mm, nope and when you talk about the algorithm and you're curating your spaces if your business space is full of friends and family and personal pictures that is going to say something. So you really want to get out yeah. of what your, don't just convert your personal page. Um, unless, you know, you are a personal brand and it really, really makes sense yeah. because you want to curate to your niche and you want to curate. I don't underestimate, uh, interacting in your local community. Mm-hmm. Both Brittany and I are in Vermont. We could do our jobs anywhere, but we probably get the most leads from in-person networking events yeah. and interacting with people in our community online. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like we have such a strong small business culture here. That's why I tell people all the time, like I'm from New Jersey in case you couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine doing this in New Jersey. Like I cannot imagine where I come from in New Jersey, especially like doing this um where vermont is just so different and you can gain so many leads from in person to then carrying them over to this social media world like one of the lessons that i teach in my curriculum is we often think of the real world in the social media world like this like two different like pillars that don't ever Mm -hmm. touch like two parallel lines when really, like, we should be looking at them like this, like, handheld, you know, cross-promotion cross opportunity. I don't really know what the word is for it. But, you know, looking at them as hand-in-hand hand because if you're able to carry over the people that are your leads in the real world into your social media world, there you go. You are automatically training the algorithm without doing a lot of work as to who your ideal client is. If you're able to take your algorithm, you know, your social media people and push them over into your real world, there you go. Now you have leads. Now you're making money off of your services. So yeah, yeah. when you talk about funneling leads, um, I think a lot of times there's this misconception that social media is the top of your funnel and that's where you're getting people engaged. It's more, especially platforms like Instagram, it's your middle funnel. It's where you're starting to nurture people and to get to know you. And so you're going to have leads in the real world. Um, and you're going to have leads that you do find virtually and on the internet and in social spaces. But I find that it is much easier to make a connection in the real world. And 
then bring them into my community and into my social spaces. Then they get to know me. And then those tend to convert. See, it's funny. I do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so really it's up to what, like, I actually do teach that it's at the top, but you know, leads in general are, you know, brand awareness in itself where people, it's funny because I tend to get recognized a lot in the real world, which is like hilarious to me. I love that. <laughs> just had, so for people who don't know, I, I bartend at a local um, uh, establishment in Burlington and the amount of people that come up to the bar and are like, are you the Winfield creative? <laughs> and I'm like, oh God, who are you? <laughs> I'm like not dressed for the part. So talk about like showing up authentically online. Like I'm no makeup online. And then I'm like dressed to the nines, you know, in the real world. Um, because I work at a, like a higher class bar. Um, so anyway, so these types of like, like, hand-holding relationships it's real like it is real I've been recognized at a concert before with like a thousand people surrounding me but the point is is you can make it work for you whether you meet them online first or you meet them in person first the point is you are nurturing a relationship with them and uh you know how like if you go to a new restaurant and you're like mm, you know, I heard it was like taken over by new owners, or I heard they flipped their menu or something. Isn't the first thing you do is go to check Google? Absolutely. Or like Yelp or wherever you go to check your credibility. That's what people are doing with your social media platforms. And I think that's often what people forget about, especially if they are in the service-based industry. Yeah. And I honestly, I tell people that all the time who are not necessarily the, my ideal client, but they do have some sort of business. Like let's talk about construction, construction. I always get people reaching out and they're like, Oh, I need social media management. And I'm like, well, I don't think you quite need social media management. It's important you're on social media, but it, you don't need to be actively engaging every day because clients are actually going to go to your profile to look at pictures. It acts more like a portfolio. Yeah. So there are some businesses that don't need this great engagement strategy. Brittany and I talk a lot about engagement because we talk a lot to service-based businesses. Yeah. And it's really important that you show up when you're a service-based business. But when you are more of a brick and mortar, you're an established business in the community people are going to your social media platforms as a portfolio. They want to see the work that you've done. And so that looks a lot different. Um, and so I think there's space for everybody on social media, but you're absolutely right. As a consumer, I always go to socials because I can see picture, recent pictures of what people are doing, especially restaurants. You know, everybody has beautiful photography photo on their website. And then you can see an actual plate that they either reposted from a customer or that they have their special for the evening. So I feel like you get a little bit more of an authentic insight yeah. into a business by looking at their socials. Yeah. One of the things I do is I actually look at who tagged them. Yeah. Because often, uh, often a place where people forget that that's possible. <laughs> um, so yeah, as I started to grow my platform, you know, more trolls with more followers. We know this already. We covered it in the beginning of the episode. So I make sure to, whenever I get tagged in these like random, like become our influencer or like the bot men that are like, <laughs> you know, sugar daddy 101. I'm like, no, I don't want the, like I get tagged in them, but like immediate block. So just to keep, you know, your 
your page as genuine and authentic to your um to your uh, brand as possible like make sure that you're checking that what you're being tagged in is also aligning with your mission vision and values of your business absolutely that's got to be on like a monthly checklist for social media is going in and seeing what you're tagged in out ideally you're on social media and you see it right away when they tag you but if you are not as active on your platform make sure you go and see what people have tagged you in because it can also be a great place for content if you're struggling for content and somebody made this amazing review of your business there you go you can ask them if you can use their picture and their post and talk about their experience yeah and i think of that like product-based businesses especially that's why it is so important like i think of one of the local creators um craven jewelry who i didn't wear her stuff today but um i'm usually sporting her earrings like people are always taking photos with the earrings on and tagging um meredith in those in those photos so like there's opportunity for her to be like look real people like my stuff enough to not just post it but to tag me to let them know that they're wearing it so i think always think of meredith when i think of like user generated content as we call it um and it also reduces the amount of time that you are spending on social media if other people credible customers are posting on your behalf and that is an easy thing to do if you're packaging up orders and you're putting in a little thank you note anyways just add the line, tag us on social and put your handle because nine times out of 10 with that reminder and that call to action, people will. And yes. you don't have to do anything crazy to get that content on your profile. People can find it um, on your tagged posts and then you can just share it to your stories. So that's another way to keep your stories active and engaged is by sharing the content that other people have posted about you. Absolutely. That's a great, great point. And um, yeah, just you know, showing up on stories as you were touching upon earlier, they're temporary. They're only 24 hours. You don't need to be perfect. There's also stickers, which make it a lot more engaging for the people that are looking at your stories. It's an opportunity for you to gain feedback from people. I do it all the time. I'm like, what sounds better, this or that? And then people are part of the design thing process. Um, and the little hack there, when they engage with your stickers, you want to do polls, you will show up higher in their storyline. So you know how you have everybody's little circles there. If you, if people actually have to engage with your story by clicking on little polls or responding to a question, that's going to prioritize your content later. So it's really important to use those engagement stickers. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, so just more strategies to be social rather than putting out media. It's just, it's, it's a fine balance, but it's a really important balance to have. Um, because most of the overwhelm, I'm sure you hear this with your clients is, I need help with the media. Yeah. But if we're just pushing things out, and we're not pulling people in as well, with this social aspect, one, we're not training the algorithm. Two, we are not finding our ideal clients and actually nurturing that relationship with them. And three, we are just burning ourselves out with constant content creation, having feeling, having this feeling of having to please people. Um, so yeah, the more we can put this balance of social into social media, it's imperative for growth online. Imperative. I, th I 
think by the end of it, you will feel better about showing up online. When you are actually engaging with people, you have comments that you're responding to, it's going to feel less icky yeah. to show up and pull your phone up for five minutes to do your engagement because you're going to be connecting with real human beings. And I think that's why when threads took off for the two weeks that it did people were really excited about it and a lot of their comments were wow it's so nice to actually talk to people because i think we've lost that on instagram we're so focused on creating our content that we forgot we are here to socialize and interact with other people i love this topic for today yeah and like we didn't really touch upon this but it's definitely one that's important to mention is like once we feel like we have a nurtured relationship with this individual, it's less icky to slide into their DMs. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you respond to their story, that's a great way to start that conversation in DMs is responding to their stories authentically because they show up as DMs. So when you reply or add a comment to their story and you have those conversations, it's no longer a cold call. It'll be a warm kind of lead if you want to lead into your services and nine times out of 10, they'll notice you it just by making authentic comments, especially I'm the kind of person that does not like to pitch myself. Everyone who comes to me, it's, it's a relationship that I build. So by making those authentic comments on their content or on their stories, it makes them feel more comfortable reaching out to you to ask questions about your services. Yes, exactly they put themselves in the discovery which is the next step in the sales funnel after leads um and then you have this qualify this uh qualifying uh conversation being like well you know more of the nitty-gritty details one of the things that i do in my strategy so the 15 minutes a day that i spend engaging on social media is I use that filter button. So when you go to Instagram, you go to your notifications and then up at the top, you should have something that says filter. You can filter by who is your most recent followed, like who follows you. And I literally go through that list and I'm like, okay, this person seems like my ideal client. This person seems like I follow them. I go to their profile. I engage with their most recent posts. And then I also, just straight up shoot my shot and I go right into the DMs and be like, hey, so-and-so, make it a little bit more personal. So-and-so, thank you so much for the follow. My name's Brittany, just wanted to say hello and thank you so much again for supporting small business. Boop, that's it. That's Gratitude attitude. <laughs> that's it. Oh, yep. and I think that's, if you don't know what to say on these comments, gratitude is just a great place to start. A simple, it can be so genuine just saying the sentence, thank you for sharing this yeah it, it's true like just emojis in itself you do want to try to engage them in conversation but at the same point like if you are not there yet that's okay yeah. you can just say thank you so much for sharing or two heart emojis or something that just like genuinely and authentically starts that relationship they, they don't want to be ghosted by this person. They just took the time to comment on your stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just as good as it feels to have a comment, it feels just as great to get a reply to your comment. And like we said before, every time you comment, that helps with your engagement, which helps with your putting your content out Ab there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has been a fun, fun conversation. Social Media Kindness Day. I absolutely love this day. Please, everybody, make sure you are kind to yourself, kind to your community, kind to your social media platform. 
but most importantly, kind to yourself. Um, and as a thank you for tuning in today, um, the first person to send me an email at hello at the winfieldcreative.com is going to get uh, my captions that convert mini course for absolutely free. It's a $3.99 offer. So if you are listening either via the live or the podcast, the first person to uh, email me at hello at the winfieldcreative.com will be receiving that mini course for absolutely free. And it's a pretty good one. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds exciting. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. What a great way to start social media kindness day. Yes, absolutely. For anybody who's in Vermont right now, stay safe in this snow. Hope you have your snow tires on already. And I'm yeah. going to go. <laughs> me neither. My little Corolla, if you see it zipping around, I'm like, real slow. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go scrape off my car right now. So that'll be fun. <laughs> have a great day. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you. Have a good one, everybody. Bye, Miranda. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Let's Put the Social Back in Social Media featuring Miranda Dalton. This episode of Marketing Mixtape is now available on all major streaming platforms. And did you know that we actually film these live on Instagram? So you can join the conversation. All you have to do is join the Winfield Creative on Instagram so that way you know when the next episode is being filmed. Thank you again for tuning in. My name is Brittany Winfield and you're listening to the Marketing Mixtape Podcast by the Winfield Creative. See you next time.